أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد النبي الرؤوف الرحيم وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين I will inshallah uh, type here in the chat first the number of the hikam that we will be uh, looking at today so 180 and 193 and I'm just putting them in order so that I don't miss them, inshallah. And 252 and 48 and 1 and 76. And finally, number 179 and finally, one 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 which is a, a good omen alhamdulillah to finish with uh, tawheed now so one one these are the numbers of the hikam that we will be looking at today inshallah ta'ala 180 uh, 193 252 48 and then hikmah number one and hikmah number 76 hikmah number 179 and hikmah number 111 as you see them inshallah ta'ala in the in the chat box and let me start by uh, uh, introducing uh, uh, this brothers and sisters alhamdulillah of the month of Eid. At the beginnings of the months, we always look for the moons. At the end of the next months, we always look, look for the moons of the new months. And at the end of this month of Ramadan, after this long journey that we have lived with Al-Hikam, Al-Ata'iyya, over five weeks, now this is our fifth week, we should also look for the moon. But our moon is the spiritual moon. We should look for the spiritual moon that tells us if our shawwal, if our spiritual shawwal has started, therefore we can spiritually celebrate Eid with the people who are celebrating Eid, or our moon has not uh, uh, arrived, has not appeared, and therefore we just continue our fast and we try again. This is the, uh, the, the, the theme of today looking for the signs, looking for the indications, looking for the moons, looking for the stars, looking for the signs and the signals whether our spiritual journey is a fulfill, is a, has been fulfilled or not yet. Because brothers and sisters, we cannot just continue uh, our work unless we stop every now and then and evaluate whether, our, whether we're going in the right direction or not going in the right direction. Every now and then in your journey, you need to look at the signs. You need to look at the signals. You, if you don't know the way, you might need to stop and ask some people, am I going in the right direction? They might tell you uh, to stop. They might tell you to take a different route. They might say this, this route that you're taking is not going to lead you to your destination. So today, most of our aphorisms that we'll be quoting will carry this start, this uh, 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 this uh, insightful start. Min alamati. One of the signs. So what we're looking at is alamat, the signs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Quran to look at the signs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the stars, وَعَلَامَات, وَعَلَامَات and the, the, the stars are signs. وَبِالنَّجْمِ هُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ And, and they, 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 they find their guidance with a najm, right? 
Um, now, what is the first alama that we'll, book, we'll be looking at today? The first alama is in Wisdom number 180, where Ibn Atayla second that he says, and, and, and let me introduce this with a question. A very common question is, how do I know that my Ramadan has been accepted? How do I know that I'm actually traveling in the right direction? How do I know that my deeds in Ramadan uh, have been uh, taken into consideration? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken them into consideration to reward them or to accept them subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ibn Atayillah answers this question, this very intriguing question, because no one can know whether their deeds are accepted or not. We, we cannot know that for sure. On the day of Qiyamah, everything will be manifested. But in this life, brothers and sisters, there are things that we can look at. And this is what Ibn Atayillah answers in his question. If you are traveling along a route and you ask yourself, how do I know that I'm traveling in the right direction? The signs on the road, the billboards on the road that are saying, let's say you're traveling to Leicester, for example. It should say, it, it should say the signs on the side of the road that Leicester, if now it's Leicester 80 miles, it should say Leicester 60 miles, Leicester 40 miles, Leicester 10 miles, Leicester 5 miles. Welcome to Leicester. Then, because of these signs, you know that you are continuing it is these signs that keep you continuing right it's these indications now how do i know that my deeds in ramadan have been accepted he said min alamati iqamati alhaq laka fi shay'i idamatuhu iyyaka fihi ma'a husul an-nataj again min alamati iqamati alhaq laka fi shay'i idamatuhu iyyaka fihi ma'a husul an-nataj the sign that the truth, Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established you in a state of obedience, of connection, of proximity, of good deeds, in a state is that it is always present, it is always present, and you're able to reap its fruits. That it is always present. What does that mean, brothers and sisters? That Ramadan, if Ramadan marks the end of the good deeds that you used to do during Ramadan, that means your deeds were not in the right direction. If Ramadan marks the end, if you are traveling towards Leicester and at one point you can't see the signs anymore, you can't see the signs anymore. It said Leicester, next exit, and there is no exit, there is nothing, and you just keep going, you have to worry. You have to worry. That means you are not traveling in the right direction. What indicates that our Ramadan is successful Ramadan is not Ramadan. It is what is after Ramadan. It's the exam is not Ramadan. The exam is after Ramadan. Ibn uh, Sidi Ahmad Zarruq rahimahullah ta'ala in his commentary he says سَوَاءٌ كَانَ مَا أُقِمْتَ فِيهِ مُبَاحًا أَوْ مَنْدُوبًا Whether what you're doing is mubah, is something permissible or something recommended if Allah keeps you in that state, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps you to continue in that, that means you're traveling in the right direction. If you want to know if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted me in this or not, if you want to know, look at your state after Ramadan. What happens after Ramadan? 
that he continues to bless you with it. Huh? And you reap the fruit. In, during the month of fasting, brothers and sisters, and let's, let's, let's give a very good example. How would you know that a specific medicine is the right medicine for you? A, that you take it, and the more you take it, your health gets better. The fruit of feeling well gets better, is, is there. So you will continue, right? How would you know that this is your right medicine? How do you know that this is your right doctor? How do you know that this is your right teacher? How do you know that you are, you're fit for this or not? That you find the fruit. The worst of the worst is someone after tasting the fruit, he runs away. That means he is ungrateful. So now, how do we know if the fruits are here or not? How do we know if the fruits are here or not? Ibn Ata'illah secondary in this and Zarruq rahimahullah talk about karama. What is karama? Karama, brothers and sisters, comes from the word karuma. And people normally will translate it as a miracle and will think of uh, some kind of fantasy. Like when we say karama, they think of someone flying on air or someone walking on water or someone doing this or someone doing that, someone practicing some form of magic. But that's not true. That's not true. That's not the real, the genuine, the proper, the uh, optimum karama. The karama is that Allah continues to bless you by obeying him. That's the real karama. Sheikh al-Islam Zakaria al-Ansari rahimahullah ta'ala was 102 years old. He died at the age of 102. He was born 824 and he died 926. At that Senior age, people when they're 60 or 70, they can't walk without a stick. Sheikh al-Islam Zakaria al-Ansari, at that old age, he couldn't even stand, brothers and sisters. But subhanAllah, whenever the time of salah comes, it's as if some form of supernatural energy will come into his body and he will stand and pray his fard. And after fard, they can't, they can't even hold him. He will collapse. What is that? That's karhama. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you the ability in this month of Ramadan, throughout the month of Ramadan, 30 days to fast, and you before Ramadan you said, subhanAllah, it's really long days, how am I going to, or to finish the Quran, or to read the Quran, or to do good deeds, or to study, or to do something. If you would like, that's a karama, that's a karama. Your karama continues when you do the same thing after. But listen, there are three fruits of the karam. There are three outcomes of the karama. What are they? The karama, as we said, it is not just some form of a, a spiritual miracle that people do. What are the signs of the karama? Number one, he said, is This is how you measure. This is the thermometer to look at when you would like to measure your good deeds. Have your good deeds led you to lift your yaqeen, to lift the level of your certainty and your trust in Allah, has it contributed to your trust in Allah that you don't, uh, you are not the same person who looks at what is in the hands of people, who is afraid of people, who is, you are not the same person who is, uh, who is running after people. Is, ha, has your deeds led you to this? Then if they have, then that's good. But if your deeds have led you to loss of yaqeen, to decrease in your yaqeen, 
if after Ramadan, this yaqeen that we had, we spoke extensively about trusting what is with Allah, has your deeds led you to increase in your yaqeen? That's number one. By lifting your himma from people. Secondly, Elevation in, in stations of good deeds. You go up in good deeds. You go up in the stations of good deeds. You, people say, MashaAllah, he's a righteous person. You don't care about that. You don't care. If someone stops on the side of the road and he says, MashaAllah, you're, you're traveling in the right direction. You don't care about whether he's saying that you're traveling in the right direction or not. You just keep going. Imagine if an athlete on the running track stops to listen to the fans on the side who say, oh, mashallah, mashallah. He will lose the, who, he will lose the competition. He will lose the race, brothers and sisters. The higher you go, the bigger your responsibility becomes. If a novice is employed in a company and then after two, three years, they become a manager, Becoming a manager does not mean they become stress-free. It means their stress increases, i.e. the work increases, the responsibility increases, the focus increases. The closer you get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it does not by any means mean that you can become lazy. Or that now, mashallah, you know, you're, you're, you're exempt from such and such good deeds. If you feel good after Ramadan, if you feel close to Allah after Ramadan, what does that mean? That means more, do more, not going down. So this is the second one. So we said the first one is certainty increases. Increase in certainty. Yeah? Increase in certainty by like not, not running after people. Detachment from what is in the hands of people. Secondly, increase in status alongside increase in good deeds. Number three, that the person in that in, in the, the sign of karama is that your status becomes manifest. Why? Because you are thankful to Allah. You continue to be thankful and you continue to follow the Prophet. This is very important. That no one can claim proximity to Allah unless their outward is fixed to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Someone does not observe the, 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 the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they claim that they are awliya or the salihin or some righteousness. No. Lal-mukhalafa. We mentioned before the story of this uh, righteous man, Imam Al-Qushayri mentions that he, went, he heard of a wali in another village and he went to see him with his uncle when they walked into the masjid, they saw this wali or this person standing in for salah and he needed to spit and he spat in the direction of the qibla. He didn't care about the other. So the sheikh made a U-turn and went out to the masjid and he said, This is a person who does not observe the sunnah of the Prophet If you are a person of uh, status, i.e. someone whom people follow, someone whom people have taken as imam, as a guide, as a leader, imam of Huda, imam of Huda, you should be someone who is, who has, who understands this responsibility. So you should have more and more and more of duties and you, 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 should, you should be more uh, stricter if we can say, more careful about what you say and what you do. You don't just like be like every, everyone. 
So Sheikh Zarruq rahimahullah says, if you, if your deeds lead you, uh, if your deeds, if your Ramadan, let's translate it, if your Ramadan leads you to a state in which you reap one of these three fruits, right? That you, if you notice at the end of Ramadan that your certitude in Allah has increased, your good deeds have increased, your observance of the halal and haram, and your, let's call it, your spiritual and legal conscience has become more sensitive. You became more sensitive towards halal and haram. So you are no more, uh, before that, you didn't, you didn't care going into this uh, shop or that shop, whether it's like halal or mini halal or half halal or doubtful and stuff like that. Now, no, you're very careful. If your wudu, the quality of your wudu has increased, the quality of your ghusl has increased, the quality of your salah has increased, the quality of your dhikr has increased, the quality of your relationship has increased, your softness and connection with people have become better, your akhlaq have become better, then, then you can say, this is a karama. You can say, I'm reaping the fruit. Then continue that way. Continue that way. And if people think, if you think that this is a state of karama, this is a, an, an honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you, if honor from Allah by placing you in good deeds, bestowed upon you, leads you to one of these three or all of them, continue. Otherwise, run away. Then you are deceived. Sayyidi Abu Hassan al-Shadili rahimahullah qala, fa'idatul karamati ta'arifu liyaqini min Allah. The benefit of karama is that it makes you understand the power of Allah, the knowledge of Allah, the will of Allah, and all the attributes of Allah bijam'in la yaftariq, in such a way of connection that you, 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 don't, you don't shiver. You don't, you don't hesitate after that. la This is the ta'aruf. And he says, man Can we equate the one to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces himself with his light? The one who realizes, who knows Allah with the lights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can we equate that person with someone who knows Allah with his intellect? Like when we study in Aqaid, we study how do we to, to prove the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidi Abu Hassan Shari, he says, this is needed for people who have, got, who have doubts. This is needed for people who are, who are distant. But for people of ma'rifah, one of the salihin said, Allah. Then he was asked, bima arafta Allah? How did you know Allah? I.e., how did you realize Allah's existence in your life? Qala al azaim. He said, when my when my plans are not fulfilled, when I plan something and I attach myself to it, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala runs it in a different way, it is not fulfilled. And I find that my heart is at ease. I am relaxed. I accept what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me. He said, I know that I'm right. I, I, this is how I knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the thermometer. This is a thermometer for people of what? People of taslim. How would you know? So Ramadan, brothers and sisters, this is the first thing. Continuation and reaping continuously the fruit, this is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted this from you. This is a sign that your Ramadan, that is a sign that your Ramadan, your spiritual journey in Ramadan is going in the right direction. Right. We are going to Hikmah number 193. And this hikmah, brothers and sisters, let me introduce it. 193. Uh, 
this is a this hikmah is like a warning it's a warning for those who fall into the trap of balance another sign how do i know that my work in ramadan that i fixed uh, that i fixed the loopholes that i had in my character ramadan how do i know that if you have a pipe that how do i know that i have blocked all the holes in that pipe how do i know that my understanding is right understanding how do i know that imagine that brothers is again let's take the example of a journey how do i know that i am not just following the road i am actually following a navigator i am following a plan i know exactly where i'm going that you do not bother about the uh, the the signs on the on the side only you don't trust that but you also look at if you have a, a map or something you look at that you remind yourself of the timing how do you know that by not being consumed by the uh, petrol stations on the side of the road and the service stations and you miss your journey how do you know that you are going to the to your destination by not being consumed by little things so he said rahimahullah a sign min alamati ittiba'i al-hawa min alamati ittiba'i al-hawa al-musara'atu ila nawafil al-khayrat among the signs of following one's desire is speeding towards mandub acts of worship, recommended acts of worship, voluntary acts of worship, while being lazy about the wajib, the obligatory acts of worship. Brothers and sisters, we're pretty much all uh, 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 we're, we're all guilty of this disease. People think that hawa desire is to do something bad is, is associated with what? With bad things. No, it could be associated with good things. The nafs might love to be consumed in voluntary deeds that it forgets its duties. Our deen is the deen of balance, brothers and sisters. And let me give you a good example. How often do we go to these Islamic activities or these Islamic celebrations? Someone goes to a mawlid, is invited to a mawlid. And the mawlid continues, MashaAllah, or a hawl, or a urs, or whichever. I'm not objecting to that, you know. But what I'm talking about is, you go to the mawlid, you go to the urs, you go to activity, you go to a talk, you go to whatsoever, and it continues to like 2.30. You come home, and it is fajr time, and then... You sleep, or you say, let me take a nap. Or you go to bed and you don't care about the Fajr next day. If you know that you're not going to wake up for Fajr, or you're not going to be fixed on your Salah, you are not allowed to engage in Nawafil. Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his madhab, he says that if someone has a prayer to make up, like you've missed prayer back in the days, like let's say a couple of years of prayer and stuff like that if someone has missed a prayer for many many years they are not allowed to do sunnah prayer until they have finished except witter he has some exceptions but generally the person should not be engaged in any sunnah until they have fulfilled why <laughs> how can you go and give sadaqa if you have debts to fulfill pay your debts first isn't it pay your debts and then give sadaqa if someone is in debt, always in debt, do they pay zakah? Zakah will not be due on them. They have to fulfill the, 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 the haqq 
of people before they fulfill the haqq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So hawa or desire is the nafs inclining to anything that suits it. It could be good or it could be bad. It could be good, it could be bad. Sometimes it's a dirty nafs. It looks at like money and women and desire and haram and all of these things. But it could be, and men, by, by, by the same token, all right? Uh, the, the uh, I mean, like men inclining to women or women inclining to men. Anyway, haram, inclining to haram, right? This is a, a, a lower nafs. But it might be a nafs that is not very low and it inclines to something sweet like doing a lot of uh, ta'a sitting and doing like a, a thousand astaghfirullah al-azim or five thousand astaghfirullah five salawat for example bismillah that's great uh, no one says don't do it but listen if the nafs if your ego if your nafs inclines to that which is not an obligation while neglecting or while not fulfilling at all the obligations, then it's a problem. It's a problem. It's an absence of balance. In Ramadan, brothers and sisters, what did we have? What did we learn in Ramadan? What did we say at the beginning? Put for yourself one or two things and stick to them. The Prophet ﷺ used to love to stick to one or two or three or four deeds as long as he keeps that continuously. They give a good example. They say if you have a rope and you have a big rock and you wanted to cut this rock, the rope cannot cut it. But if you keep pulling the rope back and forth, back and forth on the, on the, on the, on the rock, it will leave a mark in there. So deeds do not leave a mark unless you do them continuously. Ramadan teaches us to fix our foundations, to fix our wajibah. Someone is holding a tasbih all the day in uh, his workplace, and then when it comes to salah, he does not fulfill his salah. No, you need to fulfill your salah first. Ramadan teaches you to fulfill the ibadat before you go on. Qala Muhammad ibn al-Ward, rahimahullah, halaku nasi fi harfain. People will get messy and deluded because of two things. Ishtigalun binafila, being so busy with the nawafil, with the, with the voluntary deeds and missing what? and missing the obligations if you miss the obligations and fulfill the nawafil it will be like someone who is very thirsty and then you go and get them or they're hungry some people are very very hungry and you go and get them some roses you walk into the house and the, you know that these people are really hungry. They can't even afford a meal and you give them a, a pack of roses. What will they do with that? They will not eat it. Yes, it is a curtsy to give people roses or to give them a gift, but you need to look at what do they really need. And they, they say, وَإِنَّمَا حُرِمَ مَنْ حُرِمَ الْوُصُولُ No one will arrive until they have, people are deprived from arrival because they neglect the foundations. Don't neglect the foundations. Work on salah, work on siyam, work on your foundations, work on your relation with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people become so busy with istighfar, and yes, you have to have some dhikr every day, but you cannot neglect the Quran. You cannot just leave the Quran like this. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala, and what did he say? He used to leave the gathering, the majlis, the court, 
the Majlisul Qada where he used to judge between people every few minutes and go into a room, read some Quran and come back. And he said, I'm afraid that the Quran will complain about me on the day of Qiyamah. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا Fix your Qur'an. Make sure. This is one of the foundations. And if your reading of the Qur'an takes you, it is time for salah. Go and pray. قَالَ الْإِمَامُ الْخَوَّاسِ Sidi Ali al-Khawas, the teacher of Imam Abdul Wahab al-Sha'arani, he said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَقْبَلُ مِنْ عَامِلٍ عَمَلًا إِلَّا بِالصُّدْقِ وَإِصَابَةِ الْحَقِّ That Allah will accept your good deeds only if you are truthful and you do it the right way. So Ramadan teaches us to do things the right way, to observe that balance, to fix our pipes and our, uh, our system first, uh, our plumbing system, before we fix the taps and we, before we think about whether to get nice taps or, or just normal ones. To have electricity in the walls before we bother about the buttons. To make sure that we have essential foods before we think about the sweets or before we think about the fruits. If nawafil, if voluntary deeds are more important for you than uh, faraid, then you are deluded. You're definitely deluded. How many of us do really think about celebrating this and doing this and doing this? And you ask this brother or you ask this sister about the basics of fardul ayn of knowledge, the fiqh with which they will, their ibadah will be valid. If they, if, they, if they don't know their fiqh properly, their salah will be invalid. You ask them about their i'tiqad. How do you know that what you believe in is true? And you ask them about their ihsan, the state of their heart, the diseases of the heart. What are the diseases that you need to tackle? They tell you, we love all humanity. MashaAllah. But what about loving your brother or sister in the deen? We respect these Muslims and these non-Muslims and this and that. But what about backbiting that individual? And I'm sorry to say this, brothers and sisters, many of the people who claim attachment to tasawwuf, they allow themselves to backbite people who disagree with you, like a Wahhabi or a Salafi. You allow yourself to backbite them under the pretext that they are Wahhabis. That is wrong. It is haram. He is your Muslim brother. Yes, in terms of ilm, we say whoever says this, this is bid'ah or this is that. Yes, we agree on that. But it doesn't allow you to personally assassinate that person, to morally assassinate them. It doesn't, it doesn't please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it doesn't please his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Is that person, Imam ibn al-Subki rahimahullah ta'ala, Imam ibn al-Subki said that his father, Imam al-Subki al-Kabir, he said to him, if you look at a dog and you say to him, Ya kalb, O dog, with the intention of despising the dog, that is despise, that is swearing, that is bad. If you say that to what? If you call a dog a dog with the intention in your heart and just like disgusting it, this disgusted, huh? then you have a problem. You have a problem, brothers and sisters. How can your soul grow while you're aggressive to people? Even if these people are not related to you, or not from your tariqah, or not from your path, or not from tasawuf at all. 
we talk about loving all humanity, but we need really to fix the usul. The usul of love is that you love your brothers in faith, whether they disagree with you or they agree with you. When you talk, when you criticize ilmiyan, knowledge-wise, let the ulama do that. How can you talk about loving the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the sunnah that he left behind you? He, uh, you have neglected that. When he walked sallallahu alayhi one day into the masjid and he saw a group of people reciting the Quran and a group of people remembering Allah and a group of people huh, doing, studying knowledge. He sat with the people who were studying knowledge. He sat with the people who were studying knowledge. Why? Because this is the most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to learn and to study knowledge, brothers and sisters. Something so important. In fact, if you study your knowledge, your fardul ayn, and you decrease the amount of awrad and adhkar that you do, there is no harm on that. There is no harm. Imam Malik rahimahullahu ta'ala was sitting with one of his students reading a book to him. The student was reading a book to him. And the adhan came. And the student wanted to jump up and start doing the sunan. Imam Malik said to him, do you think what you are about to do is more rewardable than what we are already doing? No. Seeking knowledge is more beneficial than anything else, Imam al-Ghazali says. Why? Because its benefit extends to others. So please, don't be deluded to think that if I go to a maulid and listen to a nasheed and some nasheeds and some dhikr and stuff like that and mashallah, I feel good about it. The sitting to learn and to study with the good intention of spreading the sunnah of the Prophet and saving people from misguidance and saving people from, from atheism and other things is more rewarded. And I'm saying that is more rewarded than sitting in a gathering where you only will be the only one who benefits. You will be the only one who benefits. Because even if you, I'm, I'm not objecting to people's spiritual states, even if you get into a spiritual hal or a spiritual state, that is you. But when you benefit others, you use to zakihim, you will, you will purify them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, huwa alladhi ba'atha fil ummiyyina rasoolan minhum. He is the one who sent to the unlettered a messenger from amongst themselves. To recite his verses to them. And purify them. So this is the second, the second sign, brothers and sisters, we said, The next hikmah, brothers and sisters, Hikmah number 252. This is, is going to give you a bit of ease after that tough one that we have just touched upon. What is that hikmah? This hikmah is related to the first one. How do I know that my deeds in Ramadan have been accepted? Look at the fruits of your deeds. Do you feel a change? Has Ramadan left you with a change? How do I know that a project has been successful? How do I know? You look, has it caused a change in your life? Has your finances changed? Has your uh, lifestyle changed? Is it to the better or to the worst? How do I know that a specific word or a specific dhikr is the right thing for me? Does your health change? Does your spiritual health change? 
How do I know that this person is the right teacher for me? When you sit to, with them, does your heart feel energized? Does your himma increase? Does your hal become better? When Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, Ya Rasulullah, nafaqa Hanzala. Hanzala is a hypocrite. He said, how come? How come, Ya Hanzala? Why are you saying this? You're a good person. He said, Ya Rasulullah, when we sit in your presence and you talk to us about Jannah, we feel so connected that it is as if it is a screen right in front of our eyes. It is being played in front of our eyes, as if Jannah has been brought to us. When the Jannah has been brought near, it is as if Jannah has been brought near to us. But when we look, go home and we mix with our families, my wife needs this from the supermarket. Hamvala didn't say that, but like translating it into our modern language. My wife needs me to go to the supermarket. The children need Eid clothing, this and this and that. And you watch the, this, uh, this channel or that channel. I feel the change. I feel the difference. What does that mean? That means the Prophet ﷺ was the right teacher of Hamvala. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ya Hamvala. You cannot be in that higher, higher status all the time, higher status of connection. You need to disconnect your vacuum so that you need to disconnect your hoover so that it rests. You need to disconnect your machine so that it, it, it cools down. So that when it is connected again, it is able to perform properly. So now, how do we know that our deeds in Ramadan are insha'Allah bi'ithnillah have been accepted. He said, rahimahullah, wujdanu thamarati ta'ati ajilan bashairul amilina bi wujudil jazai alayha ajilan. Finding fruits of one's worship in this life is a glad tiding of the reward in the next life. Uh, so now what are, someone asks, what are the fruits of good deeds in this life that I should look at? So that I know that if I find any of these fruits, inshallah, I will get the full reward in Akhirah. He said, Sidi Zarruq says, three things. There are three essential fruits of good deeds. Now, all of, you can achieve all of them or one of them. If you find one of them or all of them, you're fine. He said, That you feel the sweetness of the good deeds. That when you are in salah, you feel the sweetness of it. You desire it. You want to come back to it. You want to come back to salah. Why? Once you get into it, you feel connected. That you feel the sweetness of dhikr. That when you say, la ilaha illallah, it is like sweetness. It's like having honey. One of the salihin used to say, ahlul layli fi laylihim a'azzu min al-muluki fi lahuihim. The people of the night, in their night, in the sweetness, enjoying the sweetness of their night, they enjoy it more than kings enjoy their own fun. Uh, in other words, we can retranslate that as the people of the night have more fun in solitude than the people of dunya having more fun in, in, in congregation. Feeling the sweetness of ta'a, that you don't do it as a responsibility or as a, something that you need to tick out of your day. They say that Urwa ibn Zubayr they needed to uh, do an operation on him. They needed to cut his leg because of an illness. 
So they said to him, Naskika Khamran, we need to give you some, something like intoxicating, like a wine or something that you, you lose your conscience so that his limbs become numb, he doesn't feel the cutting of it. He said, no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. He said, let me stand up for salah. And while he was in salah, they cut his leg. Only when they came to the bones, he fainted. But they cut his leg. They even mentioned one of the stories of the Salihin. I think it's Imam Ibn Abu Ishaq al-Jibniyani, rahimahullah, great Maliki Faqih, Al-Qadi Iyad, mentions him from Tunisia. That he stood up one day in the masjid and got into salah. And one of the corners of the masjid, one of the holes of the masjid collapsed. And he didn't even feel it. And one time he went into salah at home. He was praying at home. His witter and his wife and children, they had dinner, they had dinner and they, they were like right in front of him and he didn't even feel it. He didn't even feel it. So the first thing, the first fruit of ta'a is what? Feeling the sweetness. Do you feel the sweetness of fasting? Do you feel the sweetness of that? Do you feel, do you feel the barakah of the time? Then hold on to it. All right? The first fruit of, 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 of ta'a is what? Is feeling the sweetness of it. If you're feeling the sweetness of it, it means you are not sick. It means you're healthy. Your spirit, your soul is healthy. Secondly, having the strength of certitude, which we mentioned before. That one of the fruits of ta'a is that makes you certain, confirmed, right? Imagine that, brothers and sisters, if someone has visited a new physician, a doctor or a GP, and they gave them some medicine. And people start to say, why did you go to that GP? He's not a good GP. He's not this. He's not that. And then he took the medicine and he, it worked for him. And it was absolutely fun. He will turn to the people and say, no, he's a brilliant doctor. He actually gave me the medicine that I needed. Subhanallah, our mothers and fathers back in the days... <laughs> They used to, uh, once they know a good doctor, they, and, and they, they try that doctor, and this doctor is like a good person, they will keep visiting that doctor for the rest of their life, even if it is not the uh, specialty of the doctor. So there was like a specific man, a specific doctor. Everyone would go to him, even if it is not his specialty. Like he's not a children doctor, he's not a pediatrician. They would take children to him. And he's like, but I'm not a pediatrician. Like I'm a... Uh, an eye doctor. Uh, yes, but you gave us, uh, you gave us this uh, medicine and it worked for us. Look at that yaqeen. Look at the certainty. Thirdly, wujudul karamati fi alam al-hissi bi kharq al-aadati aw fi al-batini bi ulum al-ilhami wal-ifadis. So Sidi Zarruh says the third one, the third fruit of ta'a that gives you strength is that in, in life, in physical life, you have karama. What is the karama here? Kharq al-aadah. What is kharq al-ada? Remember, we spoke about that before, that your bad habits are broken. In other words, how do you know that your, your ta'a is working? Oh, it has affected your day. Your laziness, your inability to keep time. Before you were committing yourself to a specific dhikr or a specific word, you were complaining that, I have no time. Now, after Ramadan, you realize, mashallah, I actually have time. I managed during Ramadan to break my routine and read Quran every day. Oh, that's a sign. If you, if you manage throughout Ramadan to break your routine every day, and by the end of Ramadan you manage to read the whole Quran or you manage to do something at a specific fixed level, 
That means it's a, it's a, it's a sign. It's an indication. It's a fruit of your ta'ah. Right? Or you find that your batin, your heart, has been illuminated. However, all of these three, as Sheikh Zarruq says, it should make you happy, but it shouldn't delude you. It should make you relaxed, but it shouldn't make you uh, forget that you might fail later. Uh, be always cautious. Uh, and whatever you get in that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is the pure, it's the, the full, the pure bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not something that you deserve. Next to that, brothers and sisters, you see, I'm trying to put something good and something difficult. So we mentioned at the beginning, a sign that you are in the right place, continuation. And then we said, a sign that you follow your desire is lack of balance. And then we said, a sign that your deeds are fruitful, uh, a sign that your deeds have, have been accepted is that you find the fruit of them and that gives you a glad tidings that soon, inshallah, when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'll get the best, you'll get the full reward. Now let's go to the difficult one, a trap. Who of us, brothers and sisters, in this month of Ramadan have not missed an opportunity? We must have. We must have wanted to achieve things, but we did not achieve them fully. And we must have had good opportunities that we, that, that we did not utilize to the best. So a sign, he says, we should. How do we behave, How do we behave in, in, in terms of that? He said, مِنْ عَلَامَاتِ مَوْتِ الْقَلْبِ عَدَمُ الْحُزْنِ عَلَى مَا فَاتَكَ مِنَ الْمُوَافَقَاتِ وَتَرْكُ النَّدَمِ عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتَهُ مِنْ وُجُودِ الزَّلَّاتِ This is number 48. A sign of the death of the heart is the absence of sadness over the acts of obedience you have neglected and the abandonment of regret, regret over the mistakes you have made. If your heart does not feel sad for missing an opportunity to do good deeds, this is what we should leave Ramadan with. We should leave Ramadan with Happiness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled us to do something and determination to continue, but also with a sense of sadness that we could have done better, that there must have been opportunities that we missed, and there have been mistakes that we could have avoided, but we didn't avoid them. So if your heart does not feel sad for missing the opportunity to do good deeds, if you don't feel regretful for the mistakes that you make, then your heart the heart is what? Then the heart is dead. Why? Zarruq says, Remembering Allah, good deeds are the, as, are the food of the heart. So if the, it's this, the, 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 the food and the drink for the heart. So if they are not there, uh, if they're not there, you should feel the need for it. If the food is not available, you should, and you, you feel, you, you, and you feel thirsty, you should feel thirsty, and you should feel hungry, and you should feel the need for it. If you don't feel the need for food and drink, then who, who does not feel the, the, the need for food and drink? Dead people. So dhikr is your food, it's your drink. If you do not feel the, the if you don't feel the different, the need for it, then your heart has a problem. Secondly, he said, أن الحياة تقتضي الإحساس بالحسن والقبيح. The second sign, uh, the second reason, why, would, why do we say that a, a dead heart 
is, is the one that does not acknowledge the time, that does not feel sad for missing an opportunity to do good deeds and does not feel regretful for doing bad deeds is because life gives you the power to know what is good and what is bad. Only a living person can say, oh, this is good and this is bad. A, living, a dead person doesn't know that. So the one who doesn't know the difference between what is good and what is bad is dead. And number three, he said, Ah, that a living person gets affected by what happens to him. If someone punches him, it will not be like someone who uh, uh, calms him down. They're not the same. If someone thanks you, it is different from someone who, abuse, who slanders you. They are two different things. Only a living person can feel that difference, can experience that difference. But if a dead person, they would not feel that. Now, someone might ask, so a sign of the death of the heart is I get out of Ramadan completely senseless, completely emotionless, completely regretful, unregretful, right? Why? Because you are afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your sadness, uh -huh, your sadness is, is inqibad, is contraction. You don't feel mm, at ease on the day of Eid. You ask yourself, was I accepted? Was I not accepted? And when you highlight the points of failure in Ramadan, you say, okay, I could have done better than this. So that causes you some form of contraction in your heart. Why? Because you're afraid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might punish you for this on the day of Qiyamah. Secondly, because you've lost the thawab, you could have achieved, you could have topped up your good deeds. You could have topped up your credit with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thirdly, because that's a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent you away from his door. Huh? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent you from what? From his door. He could have kept you at his door at these moments. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man hazanatu. If your good deed makes you happy, i.e. it makes your heart pleased, sayyatu. And if your bad deeds make you sad, makes you feel offended, if you look at your good deeds and your bad deeds and you know the difference between them and you like this and you don't like that, then you are a believer. The Prophet said, فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ And in the Torah, إِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِعَبْدٍ خَيْرًا نَصَبَ فِي قَلْبِهِ نَائِحَ If Allah wants good for you, He will put in your heart a nāiha. A nāiha is the woman who comes after the person passes away and starts mourning. So basically she cries. Oh. So it's like a crier in the heart. If you have a crier in the heart, I would, subhanAllah, I just like had this thought. There is a beautiful nasheed, beautiful, beautiful nasheed by Sidi Nadir Khan. I, I do uh, suggest that you look it up. Um, I, I think it starts with something like a lonely crier. Astaghfirullah min qawlin bila amalin, something like that. Check it out. Uh, it's it's, it's one, of the, one of the very, very few English nasheeds that do touch my heart because it speaks of how we as human beings fail to fulfill the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So check that out. I'll, I'll try to find you before we, before, before we finish, inshallah, or if uh, Sidi Misbah can find us the, uh, the, 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 that nasheed and send us the name of it, uh, I'll, I'll be very, very thankful. Either Sidi Misbah or Abdurrahman Sharif, any of the brothers, inshallah, can help us by finding this and sending in the in the chat. It's it's really really sweet. Sometimes even when I drive, I play it over and over again. I uh, and I I mentioned to Sidi Nader many times when we 
when we meet and we travel together, how, how much do I love this nasheed? It's really, really uh, touching. Why? Because it seriously talks about these points in the human life where you fail to, to fulfill the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you break your covenant with him subhanahu wa ta'ala unwillingly. So this is something that, uh, that, that we have to carry in our hearts. That we have this na'iha, we have this cryer, this lonely cryer that cries in our hearts. Naam Sidi. Zakallah khair Yusuf. <laughs> I think Yusuf knows it. MashaAllah Sidi Bismillah as well. Because me and Yusuf were once in a car and I kept playing it until possibly he got fed up with me. <laughs> so yes, Sidi, it's called the sound of tears. So listen to it, brothers and sisters, after this class and see how, how deep the words are. Listen to the words and listen to the the beauty and the truthfulness of Sidi Nadir. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. I believe that this is tawfiq that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to Sidi Nadir. He's one of, the, one of the very beautiful and amazing souls that I have ever met. A very good brother and, 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 uh, uh, and someone who's very passionate about serving the deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him and bless uh, Dr. Banu Murtaza, his, his wife. They're both uh, great servants of the deen and serving the community in Canada and, uh, and the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless, bless bless them all and you all and your family so uh, this is this is something to bear in mind brothers and sisters that we we carry that sense of sadness we carry that sense of regret we don't walk out of ramadan and say oh yes ramadan is gone no but be sad have that sadness have that sense of sadness that there there are points that you could have done better with it is only this seeing your failures or seeing your negligence that will enable you to do more. But if you are only happy with yourself, they say, Aslu, Ibn Atallah says, Aslu kulli ma'asiyatin nafs. Being pleased with your nafs is the essence of every ma'asiyah, of every, of every disobedience. Right. Let's go to another one. But this one is actually a good one. It's something that will make you up. It's like I'm putting you on a roller coaster today, taking you up and down, up and down. So forgive me for that. And this is actually one of the closest hikmah wisdoms to, uh, of Ibn Atayla to my heart. It's the first wisdom. So go to number one. He says, مِنْ عَلَمَاتِ الْإِعْتِمَادِ عَلَى الْعَمَلِ مِنْ عَلَمَاتِ الْإِعْتِمَادِ عَلَى الْعَمَلِ نُقْصَانُ الرَّجَاءِ عِنْدَ وُجُودِ الزَّلَلِ One of the signs of relying on one's own deeds is the loss of hope when a downfall occurs. Remember, we reach to Allah not with our deeds. We reach to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Allah. With Allah. We don't depend on our deeds. How do we know if we're depending on our deeds or not? If you make a slip, like the one before, yes, you feel regretful and you feel sad. That's fine. But... Your sadness should not leave you to lose hope. You should stand up and continue. Why, brothers and sisters? Because you are not traveling to Allah by your deeds. You're traveling to Allah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sidi Zarruq says, Al-i'timad, reliance, hasrul quwwati fi shay is keeping the power in something. For example, if you lean, if you rely on your memory, it means you put your own power in your memory. You say, I don't need a calculator. I, have, uh, I can use my mind. That means you rely on your memory. That means you know that your mind has the power to enable you to solve these uh, uh, riddles or these questions. If you rely on a stick, it means it has the power to carry your body. So you believe that it has the power to carry your body. If you rely on your deeds, it means you feel 
that your deeds have the power to take you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, they are means to take us to Allah. Allah told us, but they do not have the power to do that. Why? He says, إِنَّمَا يَصِحُّ you can rely on something that cannot be touched by deficiency, by diseases. It cannot be, it cannot be hit by a calamity. It cannot be uh, uh, hit by deficiency. It, can, it is not dependent on a cause. And if you look around you, everything depends on a cause. Everything has deficiency. Everything has expiry. Everything has a, an end. Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al-Kharubi, the student of Sidi Ahmad Zarruq, said that. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that you can depend on because he is not caused by anything. No deficiency attacks him. No calamity attacks him. Normally, brothers and sisters, he says, when you rely on something, you run after it. <laughs> you become obsessed with it. But remember at the beginning of this coronavirus thing, when people thought, when everyone was telling them, oh, you need hand sanitizers. Because hand san everyone thought that hand sanitizers are the savior. If they have hand sanitizers, if they could even drink hand sanitizers, they would drink hand sanitizers. SubhanAllah And what happened? Everyone was seeking it everywhere. That on different uh, on online shops, hand sanitizers prices went spiking. They were very high. Why? Because everyone is seeking it. So when you seek your deeds, when you rely on your deeds, you seek them. And if you do that, then you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You forget that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that takes you to him by his power subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, rahimahullah, there are three categories of people. There are those who depend on their deeds. And thus their sign is what we mentioned. They lose hope when they fall into, they lose hope. I'm not saying they do, do not become sad. I'm saying they lose hope. These are the ones who depend on their deeds. And then the second one is Mu'tamidun ala fadli mawla. Is someone who depends on the bounty of Allah. So what will happen? He relates to, he returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whether he is in a state of obedience, he returns to Allah. Whether in a state of disobedience, he returns to Allah. If he is contracted, he is far from Allah, he asks Allah, take me back. So, he returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all situations. By the way, this person is good, but he still sees the difference between this hal and that hal. And then he said, like, there is a third one. This is amazing, subhanAllah. Someone who has so much yaqeen, so much trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has predestined everything, planned everything. Everything is set in the right place, in the right frequency, in the right position. So, what is the sign of that individual? He does not feel unsettled. No, he's always settled. He's relaxed. He's calm. This person is better than the second one. Of course, he's better than the first one. But he's better than the second one. Because the second one, he still feels the heat and the coolness. He still feels the connection and disconnection. But the third person, he knows that everything is done with a plan. He knows that Allah has predestined everything. He knows that this works in a perfect system. So when he walks in, if there is an alarm, he does not feel irritated. Because he knows that they wouldn't have 
announce the alarm unless they are doing something. There is a wisdom. His hope does not increase and does not decrease. His hope does not increase and does not decrease. That person has balance. If his, if his hope and his fear are measured, they will be equal. It's amazing, subhanAllah. I, I actually really liked what he said. He said, He's always cheerful, always sad. He's always cheerful, always reflective. He's always with people and he's always distant from them. And this is the description of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, رَجُلٌ أَسْلَمَ نَفْسَهُ لِمَوْلَاهُ فَلَمْ يُزِعِجْهُمَا بِهِ تَوَلَّاهُ He's a person who submitted himself to Allah, so he doesn't care. He does not feel irritated by whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats him with. Whether he puts sweet in his mouth or he puts something else, he is fine. Naam? He is fine. Is this the explanation of Sidi Ahmed Zarruq? Naam. Naam, this is, this, is, this is the explanation Sister Amira, Amira by, by Sidi Ahmed Zarruq. Naam. This is, I depended on Sidi Ahmed Zarruq. But Sidi Ahmed Zarruq explained the hikam 31 times. This is the 11th commentary on the hikam. And subhanAllah, I, 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 I used to love Ibn Ajiba and I read it all the way through with some students over a few years. But subhanAllah, uh, I, I, I'm falling in love with Sidi Ahmad Zarruq. Possibly that relates to the stage of my life that I'm in now because we're studying fiqh, Maliki fiqh. So it's kind of that. Rajulun aslama nafsahu li mawla. He's someone who submitted himself to Allah. فَلَمْ يُزْعِجْهُ مَا بِهِ تَوَلَّهُ He is not irritated by whatever Allah gives him. بَلْ شَأْنُهُ السُّكُونَ تَحْتَ جَرَيَانِ الْأَحْكَامِ In fact, he is still under the, while the waves of the ahkam of Allah, the waves of Allah's judgments run over him. Why? نَظَرًا لِسَابِقِ الْقِسْمَةِ Because he sees that it's already planned. Subhanallah. One of the brothers, I shared that with him yesterday, and he said to me, that Sheikh Sha'arawi rahmatullah alayhi used to say something which is really, really sweet. I actually took it and as my, as my WhatsApp. He says, Allahumma inna nahmaduka hamdar rida bi hukmik. Oh Allah, we thank you. We praise you. We are grateful to you. A gratefulness of being content with your hukm, with your judgment. Lil yaqeen fi hikmatik. Because of certitude in your wisdom. Allahumma inna nahmaduka hamda ar-rida bi-hukmik. We accept your judgment. Why? Not because of your authority, your authority, but we accept that out of knowing because we trust your hikmah. You trust your hikmah. And I added to it, wasabiqi shuhudi minnatik. And because we have witnessed his minna, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is so important, brothers and sisters, that you do not depend on your deeds. Why don't you depend on your deeds? Because he said here, Finally, he said, إِذْ صَارَتِ الْحَقِيقَةُ لَهُ فِي مَعَدِّ الْعَيَانِ Because the truth is now manifest. So there is no difference between the truth being hidden. The hidden truth is right in front of him. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said, If the hijab is lifted, I will not increase in certitude. What does that mean? It means my knowledge before the hijab is lifted and after the hijab is lifted is the same. Next to that, brothers and sisters, something really, really, uh, interesting as well and it might uh, make us reflect 
He says, Al-Huznu, and it relates to a hikmah that we mentioned. We spoke about min alamati mawtil qalb, remember? The, the, a sign of the death of the heart is not being sad for missing good opportunities to do good deeds and not being regretful for uh, doing bad deeds or, or falling into mistakes. So this one is, a, is almost like a, a continuation of the previous one. He says, Al-Huznu ala fuqdan al-ta'a one of the signs of delusion is sadness over the loss of obedience coupled with an absence of resolve to bring it back to life. In other words, you complain. In Ramadan, at the end of Ramadan, you sit down and you read all your accounts. What have I done in this month of Ramadan? And you're sad for missing this opportunity and that missing opportunity. People always complain. Ya Sheikh. I'm doing this haram. I'm watching this haram. I'm engaging in this haram. I am eating this haram. I am, yeah, Sheikh, I'm doing this uh, them. What shall I do? They keep complaining. Fine. You can keep complaining, but that's, you're deluded. You have to do something about it. Imagine that, brothers and sisters, if you have a brand of fire in your hand and it is itching and it is burning and you keep crying and I say, throw it away. Put your hand under the tap. Then, if you are complaining that you feel the pain and you're not doing anything about it, if you complain that you have an illness and you don't do anything about it, you're deluded. Al-Ghtirar, this is Al-Ghtirar, like delusion, is at-ta'wil It is to depend on something that does not have reality. The reality of sadness, if you're really sad, at-tahammum, that you have to be concerned. Sadness means concern. And concern means Resolve, seeking to do something about it. People say, oh, we're sad that there is some, war, some problems in Africa. Do something about it. I'm sad that I'm not learning. Do something about it. I'm sad that I'm not keeping good relation with my family. Do something about it. I'm sad. I am sad. I am sad. I am sad. Do something about it. A student says, well, Yashir, I have been meaning to do this and I'm really, really sad that I can't do anything about it. Well, no, you can do something about it now. Now or never. Al-humum bi al-himam. They say, if you have himma, high himma, you will have high hum, high concern. The Prophet ﷺ was the most concerned because he, he had, his himma would break the walls. Salawatul wasalam Imam Abu Sulaiman al-Darani says, لَيْسَ الْبُكَاءُ بِتَعْصِيرِ الْعِيُونَ Crying is not when, when, when you close your eyes and shed tears and sorrow. إِنَّمَا الْبُكَاءُ أَن تَتْرُكَ الْأَمْرَ الَّذِي تَبْكِ عَلَيْهِ the real crying is to leave what you're doing, is to leave the thing that, that is causing you to cry. You are sad that, that, that you, 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 you don't know how to run your day properly. Khalas, do something about it. Put a schedule, put a table, put a reminder. Loads of things. MashaAllah, we have all of these uh, planners and all of these uh, lists and all of these to-do lists and all of these phones and all of these apps. And your life is at a mess then don't tell me that your life is at a mess. If Ramadan doesn't teach you how to be punctual, how to look at your misdeeds and do something about them, then you're deluded. They say, لا الرجل. Don't be deluded by people crying. يوسف, the brothers of Yusuf came home crying after they have done what they have done. They put their brother, Sayyidina Yusuf السلام, down the well and they got rid of him to be sold as a slave and they came to their father as the Quran says, They came crying. Imam Ali al-Daqaq, 
رحمه الله أبو علي الدقاق said صاحب الحزن the one who has real sadness not that deluded sadness not that, that sadness without doing anything the one who is really sad يقطع من طريق الله في شهر ما لا يقطعه من فقد حزنه في سنين if you really genuinely sad you will travel in a month what others what it takes others to travel in years why because if you're sad you will be very active do something about it but someone is not sad they relate a, a story that a man was very very obese and all uh, advice right all advice of doctors didn't help so they brought one doctor to the to that king it was a king and the doctor said to him ya ayyuhal malik o king you will die i can see that you will die in uh, uh, three months and the king said how come he said yes that's the that's the reality you will die in three months ma'am you see that <laughs> brothers and sisters you will die in three months so the king became very concerned after three months he didn't die so he brought the doctor and said like i'm going to kill you why, why did you tell me that i'll die he said did you lose weight he said yes i became very slim he said why because he became concerned he's thinking about death all the time all the time all the time right people now they they one of the interesting things is that when you look to uh, to, to buy any uh, exercise bikes or any uh, like indoor uh, uh, sports and stuff like that you can't find them they're either very expensive or out of stock why mashallah everyone now has has got the desire to practice sports at home why because everyone is afraid Everyone is like stuck at home. So now, all of a sudden, we wake up and we realize, MashaAllah, we need actually to do some exercise at home. What have you been doing throughout the day? So this is very, very important, brothers and sisters. Al-Huzn ala fuqdan al-ta'a ma'adam al-nuhud ilayha min alamat al-ightirar. I can't remember where did I read this, subhanAllah, recently. But they talked about one of the of the adhikiyah who wanted to to make one person there was one one person who was yani, one of the of the kings he was very very concerned and uh, he said like why 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 is he concerned uh, his family said he has wahm he has a kind of a, a, a kind of a imagination that there is a snake inside his tummy <laughs> imagine that that person thought that he has a snake in his tummy and everyone said, no, there is no snake. He's, he's just like Mahmoom. He's, he's just like, he's imagining that. And he's, he's, he had a problem of تخيل, imagination. Like some people imagine things. So he said to them, okay, have you tried to treat him? They said, we tried everyone. They tried to convince him. They tried to what? Convince him. They speak to his mind, but his mind is not in, in the right place. So he said, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll see him. And he asked one of his uh, friends, he said, find me a snake hunter, someone who can hunt snakes and bring him to me. So he asked that snake hunter, he said, I want you to uh, hunt a snake for me and remove the poison from it. He said, how? I will do that. He caught the snake and he brought it and the guy, uh, he said, but, but kill it. After you, you, you do that, kill it as well. He said, okay, no problem. Remove the, the, the poison and killed it. And he said, I, he said, uh, bring, he said to the family of the guy, he went to the guy and he said, like, bring, bring me a big container, like a big, a big, like a big utensil, something like a tub, 
So they brought it. And then he sat behind him. He said, like, now uh, I would like you to, to, he said, put it in a dark room. And he said to the guy, I want you now to go in and sit as if you are pooing. He said, okay. And he said, sit even if nothing has come out of you. Just like try, try to push, push out. He said, okay, I will. He went in and he sat and he came out. And then the doctor goes into the room and he puts the snake in the, in the tub and he comes out carrying the tub and he says, look, what did we find? Yes, it came out. And he, the man who was sick looked at his family and said, look, didn't I tell you? Haven't I been telling you for three months or five months or six months or a few years that, that I've swallowed a snake? Look, it is in the, in the bathtub. And it was actually the dead snake that they caught. And he said, Tim, how are you feeling now? He said, I feel brilliant. I feel very good. Everything is clear. And that's it. That's a treatment. But look at what huzn, what imagination causes, how much stress does it cause? Last but not least, brothers and sisters, two wisdoms that go hand in hand. One is number 179, 179, and the next one is 111. So 179, he says, and this hikmah is for you to continue after Ramadan. If you feel that you have become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in Ramadan, that's amazing. If you feel that you have achieved something in Ramadan, yes, but don't think that this is an indication that you are a very special person. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might give you the opportunity to serve him only to continue. He might honor you in a way only for you to continue. Don't depend on that. Don't think that your Ramadan has been accepted and that's it. Ramadan is not the destination. He says, Rubbama, that's one, 179, Perhaps a person who hasn't obtained constant rectitude in beliefs, actions, and states may be given miracles. A person might be honored with a high status even though he has not been uh, completely uh, established in his good deeds. Yes. And number 111, he said, Not everyone truly of the elect has, has yet been fully freed from shortcomings. Not everyone who's been selected, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has selected you for the job of serving him, for the task of serving him. If you go to a company and you apply for a job and they selected you, it does not mean you are the best of everyone. It just means they will take you and refine you. You might find, and actually this is a measure that helps us dealing with other human beings. We might find someone who is very righteous, mashallah, has a lot of good deeds. And we think, mashallah, this must be a flawless righteous man. Flawless wali. No. You might be given that because it's a sign, it's a good indication, it's a sign of proximity, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refines him more and more and more and more. So if you see someone righteous at the age of 30, at the age of 40, at the age of 50, it means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is continually re refining them. Not everyone who's been selected with good deeds, with miracles, is free from all diseases. Why? Because it comes. Uh -huh. It comes, the, the, these karamat or these good deeds comes to you. Remember, the good deeds Allah has given you in Ramadan, you can count them as one of the three. Number one, as an encouragement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you that opportunity as an encouragement to tell you that you can do. You can do good deeds. You can get closer. It's an encouragement, not a sign, not necessarily a sign that, mashallah, you're a master now. Number two, it could be a test. If you stop at that good deed and you say, okay, I have achieved now, you do not get to what is after. And number three, ziyadatan fil yaqeen, to give you rectitude. To give you rectitude that you can achieve. So number one, it can be an encouragement. Number two, it can be a test to see if you will continue your journey or not. And number three, it can be an increase in your rectitude or rectitude of others. Sometimes a person thinks ill of you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows them a good dream, for example, about you. Why? Because Allah doesn't want them to think ill of you. It doesn't mean that you are the best of the best. It just means that you are on the way. You are on the way. A man came to Sahla Tustari and he said to him, Sahla Tustari was one of the great Arifin. A man said to him, when I do wudu, and the water falls from my, from my limbs, fall from my elbows, it turns into gold and silver. <laughs> Is it like, Look, I go to the to the to to, to do do, and the water that falls turns into uh, into bars of gold and silver. So he said, he thought like, wow, look, I now even the water that comes out of my body is gold and silver. Then then then, then what, what what would be my status with Allah? So Sahel looked at him and he said, "Ama alimta an al-sibyana ida ida bakaw u'atu khushkhashatan liyashtaglu biha." Don't you know that when children cry, we give them a rattle to play with? This is like a rattle. <laughs> when you have a rattle or something that gives makes some noise, <laughs> so this is a noise. This is a noise because you are a child. Why? To keep you calm, so that you continue doing what you're doing. And finally, brothers and sisters, when a man, uh, this is very uh, amazing as well. قال أبو نصر السراج he said سألت أبو الحسن بن سالم I asked uh, أبو الحسن بن سالم what's the meaning of كرامة what is the meaning of honor these and he said these عارفين these righteous people Allah has honored them that they left dunya so why does he uh, make their make make uh, uh, stones into gold for them he said he does not give that to them for its value because of its value but he gives that to them so that they refer back to it when they feel distrust when their distrust goes down again brothers and sisters whatever you have achieved in Ramadan is a hujjah against you it's against you if you ever feel or claim or have a decline in your trust in Allah or your trust of yourself or you trust that you can do good deeds this will stand up against you and say, Haven't Allah, didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you opportunity to serve him better? Last but not least, brothers and sisters, to show you this, a meaning, a man came to Imam Abu Hassan al-Shadili and he said, I would like to learn chemistry. Back in the days, they used to believe that chemistry is a science that uses, that we can use to turn dust into gold. So he said, I would like to learn chemistry. He said, why? He said, because I would like to turn dust into gold. He said, okay, I'll teach you that, but you spend eight years in my company. He said, okay. Eight years, after eight years, he said to the man, you see that pile of dust? He said, yes. 
He said, I would like you to go and urinate on it. He went and he urinated on it. And it turned into gold. He said, look, now you urinate on it. It turns into gold. You can take it now. He said, no. I don't want it, the man said. I don't want it. In these eight years, I learned the real chemistry. Brothers and sisters, with that note, I would like to finish our class today and finish this course. Uh, but before we come to uh, the, the last, uh, the, the question sessions, inshallah, the, I would like to uh, ask you all to uh, follow, inshallah ta'ala, our courses. We have a few courses already running. We have Malik Fiqh uh, for beginners and for advanced students. We will be doing other classes, inshallah ta'ala, on Tasawwuf, possibly even more selections of the Hikam. Uh, after Ramadan, keep in touch with the admin. If you are from Singapore, keep in touch with Ihsan Institute, Singapore, Sidi Irwan, Sister Azura, and Sidi Ferry, and Saif Al-Sam'an, and Saif Al-Nizam, and Sidi Hadiq, and all the brothers, mashallah, may Allah bless, bless all of them. So stay, remain in touch with them, and remain in touch with Ihsan Institute UK as well. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, we will, we will have more classes with Allah using Zoom until this lockdown is, is, uh, is, is over, inshallah. Uh, Shahida Jamal, yes. Could you explain rectitude again with an example? Now, we, we mean by, by rectitude that a person is certain. He's not shaken. He is certain. For example, uh, uh, yes. So let, let's say, for example, sister, you've been to Mecca al-Mukarramah and you did, you did Hajj. And uh, before you do Hajj, people keep coming back and ask and telling you, MashaAllah, you know what, we went to Mecca and this and that. You might, you, you believe that there is a city called Mecca. You believe that there is something called Kaaba. But if someone comes, if NASA, for example, says, oh, you know what, we discovered that there is nothing called uh, Mecca. This is just an imaginary city. You might be torn between, oh, should I believe NASA or should I believe people? Should I believe the people who came back or should I believe NASA? But that, that is shaking. That is not rectitude. Right? That's not rectitude. But once you go to Mecca and you do Hajj and you come back, even if a thousand NASA, not just one, or if there is a thousand NASA tells you that, you know, there is nothing called the city of Mecca, you will say, that's not true. I was there. That is not, that's not true. I, I, I experienced that. So when people, when it comes to spiritual truths, they, uh, because it is spiritual truth, is not something that's easily achievable. So people sometimes have that, oh, will Allah give me? Will Allah accept from me? Will and we face situations in life where our yaqeen, our certitude goes a bit down. We don't feel uh, affirmed. Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us before, but we tend to forget. So our yaqeen is shaken. But some people have reached such a level that their yaqeen is never shaken. Why? Their trust is the same. That's someone who depends on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all tawfiq. So brothers and sisters, as I said, please stay in touch with, with Ihsan Admin. Uh, uh, is that? Barakallah yeah. uh, and, and And inshallah ta'ala, we have, we have a, a list of courses, inshallah ta'ala, that we will be running after Ramadan. Uh, we will be doing something on usul al-tafsir, we might do something in aqaid again, we might do something in tajweed and, and loads of loads of, of things inshallah ta'ala by myself and some other brothers inshallah who are helping with ihsan uh, inshallah we have Sidi Yusuf al-Mahmoud here, he is, uh, is one of the 
the, the brothers, mashallah, he is, uh, he's brilliant in philosophy. So I suggested that he gives a, a class on the history of uh, Western philosophy. So uh, I hope, inshallah, bismillah, uh, he, will, uh, he will finally ag ag agree. I know he has agreed, but that, inshallah, he will come on board. This is something that I myself will benefit from him in. Inshallah ta'ala, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. Such a great asset, a great brother. Uh, if you are ever interested in philosophy, logic, or any of these intellectual sciences that enable us and empower us to respond to the problem of the modern life, we can look at that. I may give something related to my PhD, which is like a very boring subject, modernity. I might talk about what is modernity and the nation state and the, the problems that face us again in, in our modern and so-called postmodern society. Jazakumullah khair for all of you, Sister Amira and, and, and everyone who has participated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you in khair and afia. And now, inshallah, I'm opening the floor for your questions. So please feel free to ask any questions. MashaAllah, the anonymous attendee always starts. Now, assalamu alaikum, alaikum salam. Can you expound and relate what was taught in this session with the saying of al-istiqama khairun min alfi karama? Well, they say, Sidi, Tfaddal, Tfaddal Karama, what they say is people normally tend to, uh, to, to kind of watch some form of act. Uh, they, they want to, to when, when they do good deeds, they, they think that, you know what, what is after? What is after these good deeds? If I, what can I get from these good deeds? They, what you can get from the good deeds is the good deed itself. The, the, the best is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to bless you with doing that good deed. That's istiqam. Istiqama is consistency. If you keep doing the same good deed all the time, that's the best karama. That's the real karama. The karama is not to, uh, to be able at one point uh, to travel from Birmingham to Singapore uh, overnight. Yes, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you tayyul ard, like shortening the land, these, this is possible. Aqlan, aqlan, intellectually, it's very, very possible. But the real karama is, you are to, like a, a hundred years old and mashallah, all your limbs are still functioning. Why? Because you have done, you have done it. You have observed the ibadat. One of the salihin, subhanallah al-azim, he, he said once, Ya Bunay, my son, I have been in this world for a hundred and odd years. And I have not disobeyed. I have not looked at haram with this eye of mine. Subhanallah. I have not looked at haram with this eye of mine. That is a real karama. For, for a hundred odd years. Look, our life is so short and we did, did so much haram in our life. May Allah forgive us. This is a person who for, in a hundred years, he has preserved his eyes. That he did not do haram with it. Isn't that karama? That's the real karama. That is better. That's the istiqama. Istiqama is consistency. The Prophet taught us consistency. You tell me throughout the life of the Prophet it was even. It's not like up and down, up and down, up and down, spikes of good deeds and then lack of good deeds. No, the Prophet is balanced. When a person is balanced, brothers and sisters, you know how to deal with them. You're not expecting, oh, is it the good day? Is it their bad day? When people is balanced, when someone is balanced, i.e., when someone has like a, a threshold, a righteous person, you're dealing with a, a, a good person, a person of, of min ahlillah, what happens? You know that even if you are foul with them, even if they get ill-tempered, if they get tempered with you, there is, a there is a limit. There is a limit. They will not go below that. 
But if you are dealing with someone who has no boundaries, who has no thresholds, who has no limitations, you can expect anything, right? So that's the benefit, right? And that's istiqama. Now, Sidi Shadeb, alaykum assalam, Sidi. Can you please repeat the hikmah in the people of Allah being able to turn stone into gold when they have left dunya? Naam. He says, Laysa kullu man thabata. No, I, I didn't say that they will not be, uh, I didn't say uh, the people of Allah being able to, don, to, to, uh, to turn uh, stones into gold when they have left dunya. No, he was asking, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them this even though they, they have, uh, even though these individuals have already turned away from dunya? What's the point? Like, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them this karama? They don't need gold anyway, right? So he said to him, um, that is, so, so, so that it, it, assure, it assures them if they ever feel uh, distrust or something like that. So this, is, this relates to the hikmah of لَيْسَ كُلُّ مَنْ ثَبَتَ تَخْصِيصُ كَامُولَ تَخْلِيصُ That not everyone who's been selected has been fully refined. أَوْ رُبَّمَا تَحْصُلُ الْكَرَامَةِ لِمَنْ لَمْ تَكْمُلْ لَهُ الْإِسْتِقَامَةِ You might achieve the karama even, if, even, even when your istiqama is not complete. So what happens is a person who has displayed a karama, he might not have full istiqama and full understanding. But why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give that to them? It's like an encouragement. Now, the point is, brothers and sisters, that if you see something good, be thankful and continue. And if you see something bad, be regretful and do something about it. Now. Bismillah. You have, you have, you have the opportunity. You can, you can type your questions either in the chat box or on the Q&A. Uh, both are available, brothers and sisters. Um, looks like now, Sidi Muhammad. Will there be an audio recording given to the participants? Insha'Allah Ta'ala. Uh, the thing is, brothers and sisters, we don't have a record of all of you. It is Zoom that keeps the record of everyone. And even if we ask Zoom for a report after the, the class, it doesn't give us that. So what I would definitely suggest is, Insha'Allah, we will uh, be making this into a... We will be making this into a course, Insha'Allah Ta'ala. Either this like putting it as a, as a course on on our teachable we have a we have a, a teachable platform we might put it on on teachable and we'll make it available for free or we'll make it available for like a very small very very small fee uh, because now we are trying to put a group of courses together we already have an introduction to islamic creed we're, we're working on maliki fiqh for beginners and inshallah ta'ala we might be putting this uh, together inshallah ta'ala it might be just open for subscription Otherwise, what, we'll, what we will be doing is we will just uh, open this, uh, just put it on, uh, on something like, uh, uh, something like, uh, what is it called? SoundCloud. SoundCloud, inshallah ta'ala, and, and open it. If you want your name to be put in the list, uh, to be informed about that, please again send an email to the admin. Just mention your name and your email and say, can I be added to the, the hikam? 
class list so that I'm aware of all the courses, then we will add you to our mailing list with Ta'ala. Allah barik Anonymous Sidi, completely unrelated question, but if you would respond to do souls have gender? No, Sidi. Souls uh, do not have gender because it's from ghaib, Sidi. Gender is a biological thing. Gender is a biological thing. So uh, whoever is born into, uh, and, and, and there, is a, there is a very, very good book that I do suggest that people have a look at. Uh, I'm just trying to find where did I put it, brothers and sisters. Allahumma salli wa sallam Muhammad. I was just reading that before Ramadan, so it's uh, it's quite an it's quite an interesting book on the issue of uh, transgender. Yes, here it is. It's called Where When Harry. Uh, yeah, here you go. It's a it's a good read for people who face a lot of questions especially about this interesting topic it is called when harry became sally it is called when harry became sally responding to the transgender moment and the author is ryan anderson ryan t anderson he is very very related to um, robert george who is a professor of law and it's a very interesting read i actually like read it properly and, uh, and 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 I I am keeping it close to me because I need it for my PhD. Because one of the one of the themes of the of modernity is is relativity. So uh, so have a have a look at the book, inshallah Taala. But souls do not. Uh, he talks about the biological the biological gender, but souls do not have gender. When we uh, depend on Allah, when we perform our deeds, does that mean we cannot lose hope? even after making the same mistakes over and over again. Yes, we shouldn't lose hope, Siri. As long as there is, uh, as long as there is hope, there is life, there is hope. Continue, the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, which Imam Al-Nawi narrates, Ya ibn Adam, innaka ma rajawtani, uh, innaka ma sa'altani wa rajawtani, uh, ghafartu laka ala ma kana minka wa la ubali. As long as you have hope in me, and you ask me to forgive you, I will give you, and I will forgive you regardless, regardless of whatever you do. غفرت لك على ما كان منك ولا أبالي. يا ابن آدم لو بلغت ذنوبك عنان السماء. If your sins are as huge as the heavens and you come submitting uh, to me and asking for forgiveness, I will forgive you. So have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Life is a big test. It is full of mistakes, full of slips. The, the point, as the Prophet said, Allah will never be fed up with you. Allah will never turn you down. Remember that, brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always welcome you back as long as you turn to him. Don't ever think, don't ever think that uh, the gates of Allah are closed. The gates of Allah are not closed. You close them by yourself. We close them by ourselves. Sister Nur Khairin, how are you, Sister Khairin? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. Uh, someone uh, from Shafi'i wants to learn uh, more about the Maliki attending beginners course. That will be brilliant. I, I, I have a view, brothers and sisters. I believe that every Muslim who even has studied a madhab, most of the people today, like young people like yourselves, are actually awam because you have not studied the madhab uh, to a level where you can say, oh, I know all, all of the rules of this madhab and I know that this madhab has... Uh, is, is this way because of that. We inherit the madhahib where we, from the locality that we've come from. And that actually does not mean that if someone is born in India or Pakistan, they are Hanafi just by default. 
No, they are born in a Hanafi country, but they have to study the madhab properly in order to claim it. However, I believe that Muslims need to learn Fardul Ain, at least Tahara, purification, and Salah. They need to learn that definitely, definitely in three schools at least. Three schools at least. Why, brothers and sisters? Because we get into situations where we are stuck if we know only one school. For example, in the Maliki school, brothers and sisters, we have a hukum of wearing the khuf, right? Wearing the khuf. If you have the, you, you wear the, 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 the leather, the leather socks, which we call the khufain. You can wear it for as long as you wish. You don't need to remove it after three days if you are traveling like the Shafi'iyah or one day and one night if you are resident, you can wear it as long as you wish. But the condition is that it has to be made of leather. So you know the, something like this, you know the hukum, it, it makes your life easier. One of the very, very common questions is, can a woman in her menses touch the Quran? In all the schools, no, except the Maliki school. The Maliki school says that if this is a teacher or a learner, she can touch the Mus'haf in her menses. So if we learn a few madhahib, at least Fardul Ain in different madhahib, it will give us ease, especially when we're traveling or when we're out and about, it will give, it will widen and broaden our understanding of the deen, inshallah. Alaykum salam anonymous, uh, uh, is seeking knowledge the highest deed in the hierarchy, even above reading the Quran and praying Sunnah prayers? Yes, there is a view that says that doing Sunan and Nawafil is brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Definitely, it does bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the view of Imam al Ghazali is seeking knowledge with the right intention is better than even Nawafil because that extends, the benefit of it extends to others, while Nawafil benefits you only. Now, another question, is there an official list of things included in Fardul Ain knowledge? You need to know at least, Fardul Ain varies according to each individual. However, there are three ulum that you have to have knowledge of. You need to fix your i'tiqad, so you need to know the basics of Aqidah, the proofs of the existence of Allah, the attributes of Allah, the attributes of messengers, and something about the Day of Judgment, and you need to focus to know how to fix your outward by ibadat, so you learn uh, tahara, purification, and salah, and zakah, if you have money to pay zakah, and fasting, because it's required from every Muslim, and hajj, before you go to hajj, or you should learn it anyway. So knowing these essentials, is very very crucial now if you are married you need to know the, the rulings related to marital relationships and stuff like that so that you don't fall into haram if you are a trader or a business person you need to learn some of the ahkam so that you don't fall in riba and stuff like that so this is very 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 important to learn and the third ilm is to focus on the quality of your heart learning the diseases of the heart the traps of the nafs so that the nafs might not delude you. In your ibadat, corrupts your ibadat. For, for example, the nafs tells you that, you know what, if you're, uh, if, you, if you're sincere, your ibadah is not needed, or this and that. So you need to balance the fiqh with the sawuf and both with the right i'tiqad. This is the bare minimum. And then it increases according to your needs and your responsibilities in life. See, the shadab is then are souls and nafs completely separate entities? What happens to them after death? Which one is accountable? See, the, the word soul is, the, is kind of a, a, a spiritual station in which the nafs become. The nafs is the lower self that is normally attached to the desires and stuff like that. If this nafs is disciplined, and if this nafs is taken care of, and if this nafs is like 
properly uh, looked after and, and uh, with, with ma'rifa and with dhikr and ibadat and then uh, good character, it elevates to become a soul. So it is the soul that, 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 that there are two types of soul. There is an animalistic soul that is the power that keeps us alive. And there is the human soul that is the one that understands. And uh, Sheikh Muhammad Hassan Makhlouf says the relation between them is like the relation between you and the mirror. For example, now when you see me, you see the image of me. But there is the real me, right? There is the real me. So the real me is the body, is the animalistic soul. The image is that, that spiritual soul. The spiritual soul dwells in the animalistic soul and it leaves it when the animalistic soul is asleep. When you go to sleep, your body is calm. Your body is easing and your soul can travel here and there and achieve things and learn things and meet righteous people and so on, so, so on and so forth. So this is the soul that we were talking about. This is the soul that we're talking about and this is the one that will be accountable. As for the reality of it, what happens to them after death? They, 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 they dwell, they do not expire. As uh, Imam al-Bajuri, uh, Imam Laqani mentions that, that, that the arwah remain after, after uh, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings them back to, back to life. Sister Hazami, alaykum salam, Sister Hazami. There is a culture of self-care these days, leaving toxic people, relationship. How do we navigate this? You mentioned about usul uh, of love and other human beings just now. There is a difference, Sister Hazami, between uh, continuing to love people for who they are and distancing yourself from things that are harmful. Ibn Atayla secondary differentiates between your emotional attachment or your emotional liking and disliking of something and your emotional, um, let's say, objectivity. So for example, someone who is really foul and they have been aggressive towards me, I have no ill feelings against them. I have no vengeance, I have no anger, I have nothing of that. But I say, Assalamu alaikum, alaikum assalam, and I keep my distance. Keeping your distance is your choice. And it does not hit or it does not change your liking or disliking of people. It does not, it does not change your, your deen, right? It does not change your deen. It should be fine. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, this, is the, this is, this is, this is, I mean, like, this is, this is uh, uh, what, what you mean. Ibn Atai Allah secondary says, لا تصحب من لا ينهضك إلى الله حاله ولا يدلك على الله ما قاله Do not accompany the one whose state does not encourage you. And whose words do not bring you close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he did not say la tuhib. He said la tashab. Don't be in the company. Being in the company, you are in the company of those whom you love who are similar. Birds of a feather flock together in good and bad. Right? But as for the feelings, you can continue to respect and to love people and keep away from, keep away from people whose existence could be harmful to your life. Tasneem, alaykum salam tasneem. We're all well, alhamdulillah. Uh, uh, can we switch between madhabs or stick to one? That issue, this name depends on number one, two, there are two essentials. Number one, that you cannot switch unless you know what you're doing. So you learn, you know, just like take, take one mas'ala or you hear a hukm here or you hear a, a sheikh saying something or something in a lecture and then you say, oh, this is the view of the Maliki school or the Shafi'i school or the Hanbali school or the Hanafi school. No, you have to know what you're doing. That's number one. Number two, you cannot combine in one action two madhabs in such a way that if this action put together and presented to one of the four imams, it's rejected. I.e., if I am going to do salah, 
right? If I'm going to do salah, and I want to do salah according to the Hanafi school. The Ahnaf, for example, say that even though reading Al-Fatiha is wajib, is wajib, it's an obligation, uh, if you leave Al-Fatiha, huh, if you leave Al-Fatiha, your salah is still what? Valid. They say also that you can start your uh, salah without, not necessarily with the word Allahu Akbar. You can say Subhanallah. The Maliki say no. You have to say Allah. Now, in the this is these are kind of ease in the in the Hanafi school, isn't it? It's ease in the salah according to the Hanafi school. But when the Ahnaf talk about what invalidates uh, wudu, they say vomiting invalidates wudu. Shafi'iya say no, vomiting does not invalidate wudu. The Maliki say no, vomiting doesn't invalidate wudu. So you go to the Shafi'i school to get an easy wudu, right? To get what an easy wudu. And you, because you, you vomit a lot, and you vomit after it, and you say, I'm Shafi'i in wudu. And you use this wudu to pray salah according to the Hanafi school to enjoy the ease in Hanafi school. That doesn't work. Why? Because this wudu does not get you to this salah. Yes, in Salat al-Asr, you can do wudu in the Hanafi school and pray in the Hanafi school. Salat al-Dhur, you can do wudu in the Shafi'i school. And, uh, but even, even doing that will be complicated because what time does Asr start in the Hanafi school? It starts later than the Shafi'i school. And later than the Maliki school, of course. So you need to make sure that the action in total, if you buy a ticket that takes you to Leicester, you should not go with that ticket, uh, ticket to, uh, to Manchester or, or further than that. Now, again, you know, this issue is called talfiq. Talfiq, or combining the madhabs is fine as long as the person does not uh, do something that is rejected by all of them. See, uh, Sister Aida, alaykum salam, Sister Aida. How do we know that our inclination to do good deeds is based on the nafs? Uh, you again, you know, Sister Aida. We have we have mentioned um, that if you are deprived of that good deed, huh, if you are deprived of that good deed for any other good deed, you should not see a difference between them. You should not see a difference between them. You should see that wherever Allah places you, whichever good deed Allah Subhanahu wa Taala puts you with, this is as long as it delivers you to Allah, as long as it pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should be happy. If you're serving in an army, you serve in the front or you serve in the back, it doesn't matter as long as you serve. That's what really matters, right? So if, you, if your attachment is to Allah, then you should always see that if you miss this good deed at one time, don't be sad. You might be doing something else which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you're attached to it in such a way that Oh, only this and nothing else, then it might be attachment of the nafs. Uh, can you repeat the poetry sayings you love to say? I think by Sidi Ahmed Zarruq that your friend kept listening to you. Listening to you saying it in the car. No, Sidi, it's a, it's a, uh, I think it's a song by Sidi Nader Khan. This is what I, what I was talking about, Sidi Hadar. Wallahu alam. It's a song by Sidi Nader Khan. It's called The Sound of Tears. So I was suggesting that everyone has a look at it because it has very deep meanings. Anonymous, what is the reality of deja vu? To feel something, some events have happened before. You know, uh, brother or sister. Uh, Psychology and, and modern science, material science, have a limit that they explain the vawaha, they explain the outward. But because they're, they are not driven by metaphysical dimension, they are not driven by a belief in akhirah and a belief in a creator and all of that, what happens there, 
their explanations are always limited. So they explain deja vu as a, as a brain damage. But for us, we could believe, and I, I, I personally don't have a problem with that, we could believe that uh, when we see something happening in the, in, in the real life and we, we think we have seen this before, it could be that the soul has witnessed this before it was placed in the body. And that's acceptable. Sayyidina Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman said the Prophet ﷺ told us so many things that when we start, and we forgot them, that when we started to witness them in life, it was as if a person meeting someone whom he has known for a long time and he has forgotten. So when you see something again, it could be that it is your soul has witnessed that sometime. When the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Bakr Siddiq, they said that the soul of the Prophet ﷺ and that of Sayyidina Abu Bakr were together on the day of Alast. And he said, يوم, Do you remember the day, the day, the day when there was no day, يوم يوم? And he said, So he said, I remember that very, very well. Right? Very, very well. So how did Sayyidina Abu Bakr remember that? Right? It's his soul must have been alive. So sometimes our souls go into sleep. And then when we wake up, oh, I have seen this before. Yeah. Uh, another question is, so is learning Fardu'ain essentially... Uh, are you aligning yourself in the body? Now, uh, so in the learning Fardu'ain, essentially you're aligning yourself body, mind, and soul. Naam. To what Allah wants from you. Naam. And not only that, but you're, 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 you're basically, it is, it is what to do, what to believe, and how, and, and how to, 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 to cause a change in our life. Naam. Sister Sabiha, alaykum salam, Sister Sabiha. Uh, on the life of the awliya and salihin, inshallah, and female walis as well. <laughs> inshallah, bi'idhnillah, inshallah, bi'idhnillah, we will, uh, if, if, you, if you all would like uh, to suggest titles for courses, inshallah ta'ala, please email them to the admin. We'll make a list. As I said, uh, email your, uh, your name to the admin and uh, your, your email to be it kept updated, but you can also suggest uh, a, a title of a course or something, and inshallah, bithnillah, me and Sidi Yusuf and Sidi Abdurrahman and all the brothers who help, we will make a list ta'ala and we will announce that. And we will, as, as you can, you can all join the Telegram uh, channel. Some of you are on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook myself. Some of you are on, uh, on uh, Twitter, I'm not on Twitter. Some of you are on uh, Instagram, I'm not on Instagram, I'm not on any social media. The only thing that I do check by myself is the Telegram channel. So join that. It's a, uh, it's 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 uh, Abdurrahman Sharif can can put it out. That would be that would be great. Mm -hmm. If you if you can put it out here, Siri Abdurrahman, the link to the Telegram channel that would be really really amazing, so that people can can join in the light Allah. And uh, we we put a lot of things, all YouTube videos that uh, that are here and there. And you might not be aware of, we put that on Telegram channel as soon as they come out. I record Quran every day from my word. Pretty much I just go on Telegram and record it while I'm reciting kind of live and just send it through. Sometimes it's picture uh, like photos of quotations and stuff like that. I'm reading, when I'm reading a book, for example, if you show you my phone, you'll find like loads of, of pictures of, of, of pages and stuff like that, du'as and like that so yes so check that if you don't have telegram telegram is actually a really good uh app it's far better than whatsapp because number one no one can see your details if you are on a group or if you are on a channel no one can know who you are unless it is the manager of the channel 
And for this channel, I only have like three, three administrators, myself, Sidi Abdurrahman, and uh, Sidi Saif Al-Nizam. And alhamdulillah, there is, there is a lot being put there. Now, Sister Aida, uh, oh, let me, let me, uh, Sister Shahida Jamal, what are some of the ways to get us to tear when we face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's the last few days of Ramadan, and I feel like even though I'm waking up every day to do night prayers, I find it hard to cry. Uh, do, do, you share, uh, do you share your experience? Uh, you see, Sister uh, Shahid, it's a very good question. Uh, people have different reasons for, for crying. People, <laughs> I'll relate something very interesting to you. There is an Egyptian actor who is like really, really a strange individual. And he was hosted in a program. And the, uh, the host said to him uh, that in one of his, uh, in one of his uh, dramas, she said to him, like, in one of your dramas, you were shedding tears with one eye and not the other. How did you do that? Like, did you, did they put something in your eye to trigger it to shed tears? He said, no, no, no. I can do that. And I can do it now. She's like, now? He said, yes. Just give me one minute. And then she gave him one minute in silence. And then he started doing it. And she was like, wow. How did you do that? He said, I remember a situation in my life when I was humiliated or something happened to me. So try to remember your sins. Brothers, when we say istighfar, remember why are you seeking, what are you seeking istighfar from? Sometimes it could be the Quran. Like I read something and the ayah hits home in my heart and I, I feel connected with it. And that's, that's it. I, I cry if, if that happens. Sometimes you wake up for qiyam and you don't feel anything. Right? So the point is, you should, when you do dhikr or you do istighfar, read the meaning or live the meaning. When you say, la ilaha illallah, when you say, la ilaha illallah, think of the things that have shaken your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you'll be sad. When you say, astaghfirullah, think of the sins that you have committed and that will make you sad. And when you say, astaghfirullah, think that your istighfar is might, might not be genuine because your istighfar might be mixed with doing that again. So try to live these adhkar, right? To, to try to live these adhkar. And inshallah, and then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you a living heart. Some of the means of having a living heart, a heart that is clearly alive, is eating what's halal, sleeping less, eating less talking with people less, all of that softens the heart. One of the things that I have found softening the heart very much is sleeping less. Definitely. Not to say that I sleep less. Unfortunately, I'm the worst of the worst. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. Uh, Sister Aida is asking, Sister Aida, the whole concept of balance has been on my mind since yesterday. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. This is tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sidi uh, uh, Sheikh Musbah, Imam Musbah, Sheikh Telegram link was possibly sent to panelists only. Oh, is it? Uh, Abdurrahman, okay, I'll, I'll send it uh, here, copy, and send it to all panelists and attendees. Abdurrahman, uh, I don't know how to do that. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, do it again, Sidi Abdurrahman. Zakallahu khair. Because I'm trying to do it and it's not working for me. Zakallahu khair, Abdurrahman. Allah barik fiq. Zakallahu khair. All right. Great, great. So, I think we have one more question. Is it okay for someone to seek in, uh, in knowledge with no intention to teach it, but only to benefit themselves and draw closer to Allah? Yes, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah. But who of us does not have children? Or does not have a relative? Or does not have a, a friend? Or does not have a go to work? Even if you teach someone through your example, that's teaching. Even if you fix yourself and draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and display the good deeds, that is enough, inshallah ta'ala, and you will be given the reward of teaching, even if it is by example. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all tawfiq and barakah. We can take one more question if you have any questions. Otherwise, we will just read the dua of... Uh, now we have, we have one question. Or I, I, have a, I have just got an idea, brothers and sisters. If you wish, I can display, uh, I, can, I can send to you all uh, my qasida, which is um, on the names of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I'm not sure if I, I can send it to Abdurrahman and he can share it here. Um, I'm not sure if you, if, uh, and, and then we can read it. That's, that's an idea or we just do Khatmul Majlis. Can, can you share what you learn? Even if the knowledge is not complete, yes, you can. You can as long as what you're sharing is you're aware of it. At that, that point of knowledge, if you are aware of it, you can share it with people, inshallah ta'ala, and you can always refer back to the ulama and say, I don't know now, but inshallah, bi'ithnillah, I will confirm. To this day, brothers and sisters, and my students know this about me, that they would ask questions, and I would say, let me confirm. I will be confirming this. Now, how does a person remove the thoughts of ma'asiyah that come from time to time that he uh, once felt its sweet taste, but it is tough to forget? Uh, uh, the fact that you are struggling with thoughts is very, very normal. It is very, very normal to uh, struggle with thoughts. Imam Abu Hassan al-Shadili says in Hizb al-Bahr, نَسْأَلُكَ الْعِصْمَةَ فِي الْحَرَكَاتِ وَالسَّكَنَاتِ وَالْكَلِمَاتِ وَالْإِرَادَاتِ وَالْخَطَرَاتِ We seek refuge in you from our thoughts. Think it like... What, what you should do is when you come across a bad thought about something that you enjoyed once, say Astaghfirullah. Couple it with Astaghfirullah. Couple its sweetness with Astaghfirullah. Couple its sweetness with the ugliness that, has, that it has made you look in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you should be fine. And always, always uh, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ that those who have fear of Allah, when they get a thought from shaitan, they feel awake. So that means they get thoughts of shaitan. If we get thoughts of shaitan, that's very, very normal. So we shouldn't, don't worry about that. Just when it comes, say, Astaghfirullah. It is an opportunity for you when you remember this to say, Astaghfirullah. And when you say, Astaghfirullah, what happens? You are making the shaitan angry. Now, I will, I'm trying to share it now with Abdurrahman. I'm not sure if, uh, if Abdurrahman can. Will you be able to share it, Abdurrahman? Type if you can, if you, if you will be able to share it, CD. Allah. Yes, uh, let me find it. Now, 
Salam Sheikh, there is a danger of learning too much at one time, but not being able to practice. Uh, uh, to practice, we we all we, what we learn. It's fine. Learn at least. Huh? Or is it better to learn less things first? Learn as much as you can, even if you practice one quarter of tenth. Uh, Imam, Imam Ibn Raslan al-Shafi'i says, فَعْمَلْ وَلَوْ بِالْعُشْلِ كَالزَّكَاتِ تَنْجُوْ بِهَذَا الْقَدْرِ مِنْ آفَاتِ Or something like that. Like act on one-tenth of your knowledge as you, as you give zakah of one-tenth of your crops. Right? So that's fine, Sister Khairin. If, even if you work on one-third, it's fine, inshaAllah ta'ala. Uh, uh, sorry, one-tenth, inshaAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will save you. Bi'ithnillah. Let me... Share this with you, brothers and sisters. Yeah. It's a qasida it's a of the names of the Prophet وسلم, that are in Dala'ilul Khayrat. I have uh, written it and uh, I, I put all the, the names that are in Dala'ilul Khayrat and I add it to, uh, to this qasida, brothers and sisters. I add it to this qasida. The... Um, I added to this qasida the description of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as in Shama'il al-Tirmidhi, as in Shama'il al-Tirmidhi. So I'm going to share that now with, uh, with, with, uh, with Abdurrahman. Uh, and Abdurrahman can put it here. And I will just for people who have Telegram, for example, I'm going to share it on Telegram now as well. So you can find it on Telegram and you can read it. Uh, from there, and we we will uh, we will recite it together with the intention of achieving barakah in life and protection from difficulty and ease in all our issues. Inshallah, it's on on the Telegram channel. If any of you is on the Telegram channel now, you will find it there. And Abdurrahman can Abdurrahman, you can share it here if you can if you would like to. I think you should have it by now. You can't link any documents. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> okay. Okay. SubhanAllah, it's, it's, it's. Okay, for a webinar. Okay, it's, yeah. You can only type. I'm even trying myself to, to send something. I received it on Telegram. It is on Telegram now. If you are on Telegram, uh, you will you will definitely find it there. In the so uh, please um, check it on Telegram. Uh, you cannot open the file. Can you can can you can you find it on Telegram? Is everyone able to find it on Telegram? Alhamdulillah. Taib. So you can, inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to, 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 to play it from my computer here. Um, Bismillah. All right. Uh, yeah, so let me just uh, have fun. Here we go. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So, uh, 
this qasida, as I said, it's names of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. As you can see, it is actually numbered according to the names of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it has also a description of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as mentioned in Shama'il al-Tirmidhi, one of the hadith, full description of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the number of the lines of the qasida is ninety-two, with the exception of the the refrain, uh, and ninety-two is the numerical value of the of the word Muhammad. So it suits the name of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Hisab al-Jummah. So we say together, insha'Allah. Salatu Rabbi ma'as-salami ala al-Nabi khayri al-Anami. Salatu Rabbi ma'as-salami ala al-Nabi khayri al-Anami. Salatu Rabbi ma'as-salami ala al-Nabi khayri al-Anami. Bismi al-Salami, bad'u al-Kalami, nasju al-Nizami bih-i'tisami fi madhi Ahmad, waha Muhammad. وحيد نحيد به اتمامي ماح وحاشر ياسين طاهر للحق ناصر ندى هنامي رسول رحمة مفتاح رحمة بشرى ورحمة له احترامي غوث متين وغيث مبين قيم أمين ذاك اتهامي منذر وشاهد محمود حامد للغرن قائد يوم القيام طيب مطهر نور منور عليه مغفر في الحرب حامي غياث خلقي ما قدم صدقي إكلي رفقي رغم الخصام مهدي منير بشرى بشير بر شهير شف السقام حق وعاقب والنجم ثاقب حاز المناقب فترك ملامي سيد وسابق هاد وسائق سعد الخلائق يوم الزحام كاف وفاتح شاف وصالح مهد وناصح على الدوام منج وواصل محين وكامل صدق وفاضل وذو المقام والرتب رافع بالغ وجامع في الناس شافع عند الضرام وذو البيان طهر الجنان طلق اللسان حلو الكلام وذو الرداء وذو اللواء للأنبياء خير الختام نبي توبي عز لعربي كشاف كربي وذو اهتمام وذو الوسيلة وذو الفضيلة قل ذا خليلة دون احتكامي وهو الكفيل صادق وكيل داع وصول لكل ضامي نبي رحمة لديه حرمة لله نعمة مجاب عامي لما انتقاه ثم اجتباه أبدى حلاه رب الأنام هذا المقدس وجيه نسس والكرب نفس عن ذي اغتمام للحق روح للقسط روح للقدس روح أصل النظام وهو السراج عليه تاج بهم فراج كل انهزاب له القطيب وهو الحبيب دوما مجيب للمستهام وهو النبي يدعى ولي بنا حفي ذو الفضل سامي هدية الله صفوح زلة عفو خلة والوجه دامي معلوم وصفي وهو المقفي حمال سيفي في شكل لامي ذو العز عاصم يكنى بقاسم جاب الملاحم مثل الرضامي نجي مولا حريص نولا رحيم نجلا سبل السلام بالمجد خصة والعز نصة موصول نوصى بالابتسام وقل مبشر جاء المذكر مدثرا ذير دون اصطدامي مدعو نمي مصباح سمي مشهود حلمي مثل الغمام رسول مقتف مختار مصطف 
مامون مكتاف عن الأنام عين النعيم لذ بالكليم لذ بالكريم كم من طعامي دليل خيري وعين غري ذا أذن خيري فاسمع كلامي قوي مكرم للرسل ختام وهو المقدام أبو برهامي جبار مؤمن حبي مهيمن صفي نحسن بذا المقام لما تزمل أمسى مؤمل مطاع فاسأل بيض الحمامي وهو المفضل لما توكل نصيح نجمال سبل الفطام وذو مكانة شهيد زانة عبل الأمانة مع اعتصامي فاقصد مكينة للمرسلين والمتقين خير إمامي رسول راحة له ملاحة شفيع ساحة في الاجترام صراط ربي ذكر لربي سيف لربي لقطع ذامي شفيق عروة وثقى وقوة وذو فتوة عند التحام يدعى مبلغ للقلب فرغ والوجه مرغ عند الهمام وهو المشفع والغم يرفع والهم يدفع باسم الإمام وهو المطيع شر وسيع سلما يشيع عند الهام عزب الإله عبد الإله سعد الإله بدر التمام الطيب نسله والطهر وصله والحبل حبله فهو التزامي ذاك المصدق ثبت محقق ذو العهد يوثق بلا كلام نور يسير حيث لا جير رأف بصير وذو احتجام وهو العزيز لفظ وجيز فهو المجيز نسج النظام مولى الشفاعة إن رمت طاع يزكي البضاعة عند انخرام ذو القدم نحشار في الهول الأكبار لديه مئزار مثل البشام أولاه حجة على المحجة رفيع درجة عند ازدحام لديه سلطان حرز للإيمان أتم ببرهان مثل الحسام له براق ختم يشاق وصحب تاق للالتثام له علامة زر الحمامة كمثل شامة تدل أمين مقيم سنة مفتاح جنة نذير محنة هدى الظلام رمز الهداية عين العناية كنز الولاية على الأنام لكوان سادة ذو الفضل جادة مهما تمادى باغي الظلام صحيح الإسلام خطيب الأقوام في الحرب مقدام ضراب هامي والحق أسرى به واجرى معراجا حرابه التوامي والله شرف حصرا وكلف فرضا وخفف بعد السلام رمز اليقين طه يقيني من كل هوني والخطب طامي منصور شهري مفتاح بري ولم بري راعي الذمام مرأه يفرح للقلب مصلح للقصد منجح محو الاثام وهو الصراط به اغتباط ثم ارتباط يسري امامي مقيل عثره نزيل حجره تحوي المسره بها هيامي اسماء طه لمن تلاها زادته جاها في كل عام شفا لقلبي نور لدربي محبوب ربي على الدوام والخطب يفرج به وندرج في يوم مخرج بين الكرام أزيد وصفا شهد مصفا بالنظم أوفى على التمام فخم مفخم لا بالمطهم 
أو بالمخلسام عظيمها بي قويل زندي صدق وعدي وسهل خدي بدء السلام في القوم ربعاه يسوق جمعاه مهيب طلعاه عدل القوام ذريع مشياه وكث لحيه كجيد دمياه والنور سامي سن مفلج والطرف أدعج شعر مموج حلو ابتسامي اللون أزهر أجرد منور كريم معشر وصف التهامي السبط أحمد يرجوه يرفاد بالوجه يسعاد عند المنام بقيع غرقد ذا خير مرقد جوار منقد يقبل عظامي فليس ينسى جنا وإنسى من حل رمسا والود نامي هذا الرسول عدل وصول به القبول عند الحمام وليس يشقى من قال حقا غربا وشرقا من ألف عام صلاة ربي عوني وحسبي تزكو لطبي خير الأنام من نظم أنشد والشوق جدد والقصد حدد نحو المقام كذا الجزول باب الرسول عدل العدول مهد النظام ثم اليدالي يصدق حالي ذو النظم حالي عذب الكلام رب ارضى عنا دوما فإنا بك اعتصمنا خير اعتصامي واكشف بلايا واجل الرزايا واجز العطايا شافي الكلام قولوا جميعا اكشف سريعا خطبا مريعا مثل الرجام بالنظم هذا جئنا عياذا رمنا ملاذا خير الأنام اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا Brothers and sisters, there is a video, uh, an animation of this whole qasida, but not this. This is the latest version that you have now on Telegram. This is the latest version with the description from Ashama al Tirmidhi, but it just has a few, like seven lines or something extra. But uh, the original version, which is uh, about 85 lines or something, Sidi Saif al Nizam, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him, he did an animation of that. It's available on uh, Ihsan. Institute International, check it on Ihsan Institute International on YouTube, it's there. And there is a full reading as well of the Qasida on SoundCloud, you will find that on Ihsan Institute, uh, on Ihsan Institute uh, SoundCloud. Uh, and as, as I said on YouTube, Abdurrahman can, yeah, mashallah, Abdurrahman is ready. This is the link to the video, so you find that, and uh, there is a link on SoundCloud. If you write Shifa Al-Siqam, Shifa as SH Shifa Al Shifa Al Siqam. You will on SoundCloud. There is no other Shifa Siqam. It's called a cure for illnesses. And currently, Sidi Amin Al Istwani, who is a Sidi Amin Al Istwani, who is a lecturer at Lancaster University. Mashallah, very very blessed brother. He's one of our students and companions. He is may Allah bless him. He is translating the Qasida. So, uh, inshallah, it should be out soon. It will be available for all of you, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum. Jazakumullahu khair. Keep us in your dua. And we finish with the, with the dua khatm al-majlis. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wal-Asr. Inna al-insana la fi khusr illa al-lazina amanu wa'amilu al-salihat wa tawasu bil-haqqi wa tawasu bil-sabr. If you have any questions, brothers and sisters, please email it to admin ihsaninstitute.co.uk. That's our uh, admin email. And to CD Irwan in uh, Ihsan Institute, Singapore, uh, they're all, uh, mashallah, uh, ready to help. And for some of you who have contacted us 
regarding the certificates. Your certificates are available, inshallah. Only five people have contacted us. So if you want to get your certificate, we will give you a couple more days till Monday, inshallah ta'ala. If you uh, get back to us before Monday with your name and your email, we will get Sidi uh, Musbah to do it, inshallah, as he did for five people. And we will be sharing it with you right away. Barakallahu feekum. Jazakumullah khair. Sisa Uzma. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from you all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you in Ramadan. Grant you Laylatul Qadr. Eid Mubarak to all of you if we don't see you. And please consider praying your Eid at home. It is valid according to the Shafi'i school and according to the Maliki school. Please consider, and even I think it's the Hanbali school. I'm not very expert in the Hanbali school, but at least the Shafi'i and the Maliki school, they consider it to be acceptable. Please consider praying Eid at home. Bring happiness to your family. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all for being patient with us, putting up with us throughout these five weeks. May Allah gather us all again in, in this dunya in khair and ma'rifah and knowledge and may he subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us on the day of judgment Allah yibarik fikum sidi amir may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept you all and accept from us all wa sallallahu ala sayyidina mulana muhammad wa alayhi sahbihi sallam alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Sidi Uthman, Habib, uh, Afwan, uh, you wanted uh, me to recommend some, some books on the Maliki fiqh and Shafi'i fiqh, basic, basic in English. Email admin Sidi, inshallah, I will answer to you. I will send you a list, inshallah ta'ala, and we will put you in, 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 in touch with, with some basic books, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.